Hi everybody, this is Kara. And Nick's here. And we have a couple of amazing guests today. I'll let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about them. But I will tell you, first of all, they're one of the most inspiring couples that I've ever met and they are incredible parents. So take it away. thank you so much i am tiffany mcdonald and i'm here with my husband ryan mcdonald hi i'm ryan mcdonald (laughs) (laughs) and we have been doing foster care for over how many years i don't even know we're too busy to count after like 12 or 13 but it's been a long time a long time we add we love to advocate for teenagers in foster care and when i first um got the call on our daughter the first person I thought of was Tiffany. I wanted to call her and just get a little advice. And um, one of the things you said that I loved is that um, that we actually ended up taking your advice. Well, every advice you've given we took. But um, was that you focused on what the girls wanted for their future um, when you got your girls. And I loved that story. Um, Do you mind just telling us the story about how you kind of came upon bringing in teens? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We we blame Jesus for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So we had four young kids. Our oldest, Lainey, was probably almost six, I believe. And we I had a dream about this little girl that I just I had her. And then I had the dream again the next night and it felt so real and I I was so off that day, so Ryan asked me what was going on, and I told him that I had a dream about this little black girl that was in our family, and um, he just looked at me shocked and said he had the same dream. Wow. So just got chills. It was crazy. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. Um, so we were excited. We prayed to find out, like, what we needed to do, and we just both felt like foster care was the place to start and we probably did like what everybody does though they probably go online and go through all the That's different adoption yeah. websites look through everything did you know about foster care you said foster care is a, how did you know um you know what i don't know like it just it just i think maybe we we've, saw ads we've known about foster care and stuff because we would there's other people that we had a, we have other friends that do foster care we had stuff, a uh one of my brother's friends was actually in foster care and oh. she was going through some troubles and so it was like the timing was just crazy and we were helping her and we had always had a lot of the youth come to our house and they would just open up and and we would try to help and guide them so it was it was exciting to us to have this new dream and we jumped in and took the classes and we were just ready for our little girl that we had a dream about and when we got the phone call they uh, asked if we would be willing to take in two teenage girls and we were just going to adopt. We weren't going to do the foster care yeah. because it freaked us out when they had the list of like <laughs> all the different abuse and all this stuff. And oh, like, yeah. We were scared. No, to death. zero to three. Oh, like, so you did pick zero to three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This yeah. is very similar yeah. to us. Yeah. Because it's scary. They call, no, they call us with the, they, they call us and they're like, hey, would you guys be willing to foster care a 14 year old? And we're like, no way. There's no way we would do it. So they do. do and that. we didn't. Like we, yeah, but we fun. tried to help them find a home for it. And then. For it. Actually, yeah, or, no, sorry. Yeah. For the 14-year-old. Sorry. And a little while later, after that, that's when all of this started with Rosalie yeah, we and Michelle. With Rosalie and Michelle. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's crazy because 
we had the four younger kids and it's scary. Like, yeah, we, how do you bring in teenagers to, and we tell them no at first. We did tell them no. We're like, no way because our kids are sheltered and perfect and our family's <laughs> happy. And so, so you said at the time your youngest was six. Yes. So that's kind of why you chose that age range. Like you were ready yeah. to adopt a younger. Yes. Right. And I mean, that, that was in our dream. The little girl was probably So like in your dream, that was seven. what I was going to ask. Your dream, the girl was younger. Yes. Yep, she was a little So girl. what happened? Tell us what happened. What? We talked to our family and kind of played with the idea and our both sides, our parents were really close to our families and they were like, no way. You cannot bring, they'll ruin your kids. They'll change your kids. And that's not fair. You can't do that. Like we know that you guys love kids and you have big hearts and there's just, you can't. Yeah. And so we prayed about it and... I mean, you can't say no when you know, you know, know. and, and you just have this feeling you have to go with that. Like it's, it's very scary. We were scared to death. He worked on the oil rig. So he was gone every two weeks he was gone and then he'd be home for two weeks. And so, so that was really scary for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the girls came quickly. They came from a, uh, they were placed together in a home in enterprise and, they were 13 years old and I remember Rochelle walking in and she's like this big tall blonde that's very clumsy and <laughs> and I, and she's like oh you have kids I hate kids and I was just like oh this is gonna go well this is gonna Perfect. be awesome and later I mean as we got to know Rochelle we learned that she just she never had been around them she, she was the youngest, she was the she youngest and so she didn't know how to deal with kids. And it's cool now looking, I mean, how many years later, 15, 12, I don't even know. She has two babies and she's the best mom. She's an RN and she is amazing. Oh, that's so, an amazing Just a story. loving, yeah. giving person. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. And I've seen the way she talks about both of you. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> So you yeah, brought that. So you decided you needed to do it. You brought them into the home, and then kind of, how did you approach becoming parents to teenagers? Oh my goodness! Didn't know what <laughs> well, I was doing. what I was like twenty five years old. I think. <laughs> you were barely out of the how teen, old right? was your oldest at the time? The that was so. Lainey was six years old when well, we got she, both of them. So Lainey was your oldest. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I thought. Yeah, and so Lainey went from oldest to middle overnight. Mm-hmm. And she was very mature, so we sat her down and really talked to her and asked her, "How would you like to have older sisters? It's not going to be awesome all the time. But it, you know, we can help these girls. They don't have they don't have a good home and um of course, Lainey has a huge heart and was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So um, I think that was important, talking to the yeah. kids and letting them be a part of of the decision. And then, yeah, and when the girls came, we sat them down and we just told them, like, this is a fresh start. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. This but... is that, and I think that was the biggest part of it because we didn't know what we were doing. Like, we were... Yeah. Like... Does anyone know what they're doing yeah, as no. teenagers? No. <laughs> Do we know especially how to... Especially when it's like... Do we know now? Right. Right? Especially when you, like, get it right in your lap, it's like, hi... I'm here. Yeah. And the first thing that came to our minds is just we set them down and tell them, look, we don't care. We don't care where you've been. We don't care what you've been, what what you've done. We don't care about your past. We want to know, like, what you want to be. What do you want to be white trash? Do you want to be classy? Do you want to be, (laughs) do you want people to like, you know, how do you want people to see you? 
and we gave him that yourself? we gave him that choice we gave him and i think from that on on it was like huge because they both chose that they wanted to be classy girls they wanted to be good girls and we just honestly we seriously made him stick to that and we reminded him it's not gonna be easy like because you made this choice sometimes you'll probably hate us and that's okay because that's you know that's parents but and it's it's going to be a drastic change from what you've had but if this is what you want nobody knows you here and this is a good chance to just start over yeah and to prove to people because they were used to being the, the outcasts, the teenage girls in foster care, and their the bio, or the the family that they were with kind of treated them that way. Um, and so it was crazy. Like, Rochelle would be like, can I get a drink of milk? And, like, they still... So it's funny because now our kids, they grew up with that. And so, like, all of our kids will be like, can I take a shower, please, Mom? I get a text, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, you're silly. But, like, they've grown up just asking because that's how their older sisters mm-hmm. that's how they had it and yeah so it's definitely made them appreciate life, life and everything yeah. family yeah. you know communication our kids will come even our our kids now will come talk to us about anything and sometimes you're like i don't want to hear this <laughs> <laughs> but it's been that's good really it's good been thing. awesome because our older girls when we had them in and when they were in foster care they would we were up till two, three o'clock, sometimes four o'clock in the morning talking, crying. Sometimes it wasn't so happy. But, but I think that's the key is like letting these kids know that that's what we're here for. That's what life is all about. You make mistakes and you learn, you fix them if you want to fix them. And that's what we always tried to do is like help them want to fix their mistakes instead well, of yeah. there's a lot of parents who just like, I'm going to make this kid perfect. And Not make mistakes. Yeah. And so... If you can help the child, like, want to fix it and and learn from it, then that's what we have found the most success in is just helping them want to make better choices and and for them to see that we're human. We mess up. And Mm -hmm. so I – they know I am a mess. I mess up every day. I say stupid (laughs) things. I do dumb stuff. And I say sorry. Guys, I'm really sorry that I was acting this way. I was really stressed out. And – Um, I think that that's really important for kids to see that we're, as adults, we still make mistakes. And if we can humble ourselves to say sorry, then it helps them learn that that's okay. So how, did you have like a honeymoon period with them? Or how how do you feel like the bonding went? Can you describe that a little bit? (laughs) Uh, It's crazy because these two girls lived together for almost a year and um, they hated each other. So the parents, for some reason, where they were at, they didn't want them to be friends. They would claim against each other. They would. So that maybe so they didn't get in trouble together, but also, I mean, I don't know just the dysfunction. We are all dysfunctional, but so they didn't like each other. One is they're complete opposites. They're so different, even just looking at them. Yeah. And they have they shared a room. I mean, we have we don't have a big house, and I think that's important for people to know. Also, if you're thinking about doing foster care, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a big house. Like there's there's help. The state is very helpful with the kids and their insurance. And um, I do think people look at it as any kind of adoption is expensive, right. and any kind of you know that it, how can I take this burden on? Right. And yeah. really. It's nice to clear that up because yeah, really you need a room and a room in your heart. Totally. Yep. yep. 
it's funny. So we sat the girls down and because they were just mean to each other and constantly complaining. And so and they would both suck up. So, yes, there was a honeymoon period for sure where they and that was great. But <laughs> we told them like you, you guys both know each other better than anybody else. You're going through the exact same thing. You don't have to like the same things. You don't have to have the same interests and the same friends, but at least be there for each other, you know, because that's something that you have in common and you're both beautiful, nice girls. So why not like be friends? And from that day, it's like it just clicked from that day on. They were just, I mean, obviously they got bugged at each other as sisters, but they just became best friends and um, supported each other in the things that, I mean, Rochelle danced and played volleyball and what did Rosalie do? She liked art and photography and yeah. stuff like that. And boys. Boys. Yeah, she was definitely into the boys. I'd meet him up the driveway. <laughs> they would never bring him down it's to our so house. true. We live in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> so anyways, it was really cool because they, I mean, t- to this day, they are best friends. They call each other yeah. every day and... They're yeah. sisters, so, I mean, that's yeah. That's why we look at each other. They're part of our family. They'll yeah. always be a part of our family. That was one of the things with my daughter that I felt really driven to help her um, have a strong relationship with her siblings, even though we only had her in the home. Her siblings were older and then much younger, but I just felt really strongly that I needed her to know that I supported that and backed her up in that and... Um, I think, like you say, a lot of those past experiences make them feel like they have to pick a side or that they're being disloyal. And we were talking about that on the way here. It's oh, crazy. really? Yeah, we were talking about how. So Rosalie was was way more a daddy's girl, and mm. she almost resented me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I understood why. I don't think she understood why. There was right. just always this little resistance, and uh, Rochelle didn't like Ryan. They they butted heads all they the time. Heads a lot. But she like we got along really well. So it was it was cool to like be able to see that and then we used that hard advantage to help them as they grew and yeah, they It was different though cuz I remember when I first when they like the first week they were in our home, they were what we were well, we were going to a, the we had to take them to a des, dentist appointment or something like that. I walked in, I'm like, all right, let's go. You guys ready to go? And they looked at me like they both looked at him ready? in shock. Like you're taking you're yeah. you're the dad. My dad like, doesn't do yeah. this. <laughs> so I think for both of them, the one thing is it's it's definitely been helpful for them to just know that they have a male figure, a dad in their mm-hmm. lives, because that's they've never had like a constant, you know, good somebody to look up to. So. I think, I think that's, that's been so huge. huge, yeah. Because a lot of these kids, good, bad, or otherwise, have a mom mm-hmm. that they know and love. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them have never had a, like you said, they've never had an even positive, negative, any experience yeah. with any a male. male. Yeah. Let alone their father. Yeah. And like you were saying about the biological families, we were talking about that too. And I think that it's super important for them if they can have a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. I mean obviously if the parents get their kids taken away they're not fit at that time to be a parent but are they safe to be able to be a part of their life somehow and a lot of foster parents just can't get over the facts of what happened to them Mm -hmm. so it's just like this they're angry and um and we 
took it from the point of, you know, everybody makes mistakes and some people just don't know. It's some, a lot of times it's a cycle. And if we can help the kids know that we don't hate their biological family, but we're happy that, I mean, we're doing this because we love them and we want to help make the world a better place. And if they can look at the things that, that their biological parents did and want better for themselves, but also look at the good and mm-hmm. how they can carry that on. And, and we told them the same about us. We're like, we're absolutely not perfect. So look at the good things you like from us and take that. And if you don't like things, be don't better than it. us. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and we, I mean, most kids are going to turn 18 and run off to their biological family anyway. So if we can help them now have a relationship, yeah, that's some functional. kind of, and teach them, you know, the healthy ways of a relationship, that's honestly the best thing you can do. And if the child ends up going back to their biological family, that's awesome to be able to have those ties with their family because then it's almost like there's so many times that the biological parents would come back to us over and over and say, I'm really struggling. Can you take my child for a couple weeks? Wow. And uh, that's the best thing in the world to be able to to stay a part of and of have those. that trust and love from them is so huge yeah, because yeah. so many of them rightly or I guess understandably see it as us against you. Right. And that's, you know, takes communication. And some people you just can't reason with. And sometimes you have to have ties cut off because it's dangerous yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. I know in like other things that we've been in and like discussions and stuff on foster care, one of the questions we get asked the most is like, well, how do you guys do it? Like you guys had two teenage girls. How do you guys, how was it so successful for you guys? Cause usually they end up either when they age out of the system, they either end, end up in jail mm-hmm. on the streets, homeless, pregnant, pregnant, dead, mm-hmm. overdose, whatever. And both of our girls, one of them went on to get a, get her bachelor degree in psychology. Now she's trying to get her RN. The other one is an RN. And so they both have been successful and they have, one of them has kids and she's a very good mom. And I think the biggest thing that I tell everybody all the time is love, unconditional love. You love them like your own kid. They will always, even if our, we've had kids that have come into our home and went back to their biological parents. We have, we've had kids come into our home and run away and they still come back. Like, well, they never came back to our home, but they still message us and talk to us all the time because they felt that love. They felt that unconditional love that they were loved. And no matter what, doesn't matter how young they were, doesn't matter how old they were, they will have that in their heart for their whole life. And that's what I love about your podcast is like, that's what it's about is helping people understand that that love is never wasted. Like it's going to carry them through. And when you have that child in your home, teach them as much as you can teach them to take care of themselves and love themselves. And how could they forget that? You know, that's something that they will, they will always have. Do you think there, do you have a strategy for showing that love or do you, do you feel like it just comes naturally to you for someone that's like, I don't know if I could love, uh, you know, someone else's child unconditionally. What would, what would you say to that? I don't know. I think it comes naturally. Yeah. I mean, for, for myself, I mean, there, there's definitely times where you have to definitely work on well, it. Well, as a human, <laughs> like, I mean, we're, you have yeah. to like, yeah. we don't but, like them every day. Yeah, we love them, but we don't have to like them every day. Yeah. You just, you just love. And I mean, it's definitely, I mean, there were times definitely where I would call Ryan and 
beast crying and freaking out and he's like get them out of the house like get them we can't do this and we need to do something with them and it's so there were definitely hard times but I've found that and we have a little guy that's autistic now that we adopted and it's so cool how everything just it falls into place you know like at the right time and when Justin came he was five years old he was homeless here in St. George and they called Ryan was working (laughs) and they called me and said would you be willing to take this little guy he has some special needs we were Um, done because all of our the girls had just moved moved out And so we were like, yeah, we're done for a while. Let's well, give it a break. But Let's Brecken, we have one son. We have one son that had all these sisters, and every prayer he prayed for a little brother. Every oh. Christmas he'd ask Santa Claus, can and, I get a little brother? And then he cursed himself, and he got yeah. one. <laughs> so um, He's got two now. So, yeah, it was crazy. They said, will you, it was a weekend. It was a Friday, and they said, we just got this little guy out of kindergarten. He said goodbye to his biological mom, and we don't think he'll be going back. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there. She and took a picture. She took a picture of them with one of those. Yeah, they took a... a I can't even remember what they're called. They're so old. I'm old. Polaroid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Polaroid. And that's the last thing he had from, wow. from her. And uh, Ryan was at work, and so it was Ben Ashcraft, and he said, well, do you want to talk to your husband about this before you just commit and yeah. come get him? Because it'll probably be a long placement. And... I was just like, no. I I had a feeling that morning that this date was going to call, and they called in the afternoon, and I just knew. So went and picked him up, and then and then reality set in, and I was like, what am I doing? And she cried all the way home. I was, but his spirit was so strong and so beautiful, and I knew that I was in trouble. Like yeah. this is going to be trouble. He's yeah. going to be, and he couldn't. He had this perma smile. He couldn't look you in the eyes. He has autism and mm-hmm. ADHD, and he's uh, he was delayed because he his biological mom had a lot of the same issues so he was super dirty and they were homeless for like yeah they were homeless so we took him home and put him in a bath and he lit up when we (laughs) put the bath water in he was so excited that there was water coming out oh Oh my gosh i'm gonna cry goodness (laughs) and my kids came in and they were just like it just makes you so grateful you know for the stupid little things that we have that we take for granted and that's one of the like best things that we've gotten out of this is people say like did it change your kids and yes it absolutely changed our our biological kids for the better like they're so much more compassionate and so much more grateful there's just a depth that even just knowing them a little bit I can see it and feel it and I feel like I see that in a lot of foster families so there's really something there that was my biggest concern was what it would mean for our kids. Yeah. And it's been the best thing for our yeah. kids. Isn't that like a lot of, a lot of, like I hear it all the time, even from my own siblings, but I hear it that like, what about your kids? Do you think, are, you, are they gonna get the attention that they need? Are you gonna, you know, <laughs> you don't treat your other kids the same way. You don't treat your foster kids the same way. You don't, you know, all this yeah. stuff. But it's like our kids, are even our biological kids, they, they know they're brothers and sisters. They know that it's like, they're just, not only do in, in families like you know ours not only is a little bit less attention could be a probably a good thing at times <laughs> but another perspective on life can be oh, yeah. Yeah. life-changing yeah. for the kids and yeah. I think that's what this does more and than I, anything and I Absolutely. think that a lot of I mean it 
takes more communication mm -hmm. and more one-on-one -on -one with each kid. Yeah. You know, as long as everybody is talking about it and talking about their frustrations and talking yes. about their feelings and everything, we've been able to like, and I think that's one of the keys is you have to have that. If you don't, then of course it's going to be dysfunctional yeah. and you're going to have kids that are going to feel left out. And like, like with Ruby, the, you know, we've had this talk, we've all sat down as a family and you know, she was telling her, you know, we, we heard that she was saying that she feels like she's not part of the family or she feels different from everybody. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's just a matter of, we had to set her down for 20 minutes and say, yeah, but you know, look at this and look at this and you see this well, and you see that. It was cool because the kids all sat down with her and, and shared their feelings of inadequacy yeah. in school. And so it's like, she was like, oh my gosh, so I'm not feeling this alone. And I said, mm -hmm. I feel that way a lot of times. Like, I feel like that's just something that everybody, we're hard on ourselves. And we all, you know, so it's like if we can understand that everybody kind of feels that way. So you're not alone and let's help each other feel feel better. And that was crazy because that was a turning point for Ruby. And we adopted Ruby when she was 10 years old. She's now 15, which is scary. And she was in and out of foster care for five years. All she wanted was... A family to, wow. to be with forever and uh she got us <laughs> so but it's yeah it's been definitely made us step it up which makes us better people you know yes. it I feel like that would be awesome for anybody yeah. to be able to you know try to give back and help and I think sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed like I've got to make I have to prove people wrong. I have mm. to make this work. I've learned that if you try to force, it's not it's not going to happen, but if you just trust the process and trust God and help them want to be the best they can. Like I think my expectations sometimes were set too high and mm. I came to the conclusion that if we can just help them be better each day than what they were and help train them in, you know, a, a loving family, then that's good enough. You know, it's that's like okay. You guys have the perfect recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and I always like to hit on this, you know, to, because the, you know, the goal of this whole thing is to inspire people to, to come and, and, and seriously think if they can, they could do this. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I had one question for you. When you got started, it seemed like you instinctively knew you sat him down and said, we don't care about your past, we care about your future. And then you hit on just unconditional love. To me, that seems like kind of the recipe. And I think what, what I feel like is, and that's not for everybody, but I feel like most people have the ability to do those things. Absolutely. And yeah. which tells me, which encourages me, I feel like it is within most people to be foster parents. What, what do you guys I think? Feel? That it's, I think we're all given that natural, like we, you see somebody hurt, you're not just going to walk by and be like, oh, how that hurt? No. No, you're going to stop and try to help them. You see something broken, you see somebody that's broken, that's you're going to try is, to fix isn't them. It? You're going to try to help them build up. And I think a lot of times too is with the unconditional love, it goes with they have to love themselves unconditionally. And that's one thing that we were talking about earlier is that we've, like a lot of, like we've heard it a few times, or, you know, you hear it about like 
people get adopted, they don't know they're adopted until they're like way older, <laughs> you know, and it's something that we've tried to help our kids embrace is like, because they were, when they first came with the two teenagers, when they came into their home, they didn't want anybody to know that they were in foster care mm-hmm. because of what they'd been through. Like right. they, and they were not comfortable in their own skin. They didn't love themselves. But I think too, there's people have put this thing on foster kids that they're all, oh, they're just bad kids. Right. You know, yeah. they're, they're whatever. And, but we've helped them to be, just accept who you are, just yeah. embrace who you are. And like, so like Rosalie, she has, her, her grandpa is a Mexican and it's like forever. She like resented, she didn't, yeah, that. she did not want anything to do with it. Any Hispanic stuff. She and just pushed it away. We would try to help her and we'd it kind like, of become a joke. It's kind of like, your skin is you're just going to have to accept it. It's no part idea. of your, like, it's part of you, who you are. You're just going to have to accept it. And then she gets called to a Spanish speaking mission. Wow. And like, <laughs> You know, but it's good because it helped her just fall, fall basically in fall in love with them and love with and with she, herself yeah. and like she accept catch that yeah. herself. How beautiful! But yeah. it's I think a lot of it is, and now they are like they've been able to use that to help other kids. Like even Ruby, you know, she's she's found other kids that you know. She's been so abused. Like Ruby has been through so much abuse, like every abuse you can imagine, and. Uh, when she first came, she was very shy and and closed down and didn't open up very much. And she just wanted to please people. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool how she's been able to open up over the years and she embraces her story. She does pageants and she is so, I mean, happy to share the fact that she was sexually abused and she that doesn't define her and wow. that that she wants to help other people through that. And a lot of foster parents want don't want people to know, you know, they really try to protect their kids, which which I'm not saying is wrong. And that's great because maybe, you know, their family is different than ours. But we, our, our kids are proud now of who they are. And, yeah, and you're proud of who they are. Yeah. Right. Because they can see that story. that's okay. Yeah. The, so they been like times to share where, their story. Yeah. There's been times where they've been like Ruby was telling us there was a girl at school that was having a hard time. Or I can't remember the whole story. But anyways, she ended up talking to her and the girl was in foster care. And she's like, oh, do you know what? I was adopted. I was in foster care. She's the girl looked at her like all surprised. She's like, wait, you are like, you look totally like your sisters. And like mm-hmm. they do, like yeah. they become, I don't know. She's been everybody tells us they, she looks more like one of us than some of our own biological kids. <laughs> yeah. So just thinking of the gravity, like you just said, she's been help, able to help a lot of kids. Like the gravity of what you two have been able to do. Your daughter is having kids now who are going to have kids someday and they'll have kids someday. Yeah. And all of these. Um, people that you've inspired to take in children and change their lives. It's just so amazing. You think you can change the life of one child, but really you've ended up changing the lives of so many people. And it's so amazing to it's think been about. It's so cool to see their ripple effect. Like yeah. Rosalie serving a mission and going out and just finding love for herself, but also like sharing love and her story with so many people in Florida. And then um, her biological family, like it's just the the lives that those girls have touched because it's of, cool. It's cool to see because she's yeah. the rock. Like she, Rosalie's her, rock yeah, her, her bi- biological wow. family, and like we're her rock. Like we'll all, and that's what we've always told them. No matter what, we'll always we're always gonna be here. No matter what, like it doesn't matter. Like where you go, how far you go, how long you go, we're always gonna be here, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And even the kids that have gone from our home back, you know, back 
and forth, they always know that I can call Aunt Tiff. I can call, you know, we can go and, you know, my, when my mom goes to jail, I can call her and say, hey, can I come <laughs> stay at your house for a couple months? Yeah. That's, a cool, that's a cool story because but. so after we got the girls, it was <clears throat> a few years after yeah. and we ended up getting our little black girl. It was so oh, crazy, wow. but it took years and it, it was so it was so quick and so crazy and she would she was with us for about a year and then she got to go back to her mom which was really really hard for us but it was hard but at the same time we helped we were her mom excited just, we were helping her. her mom go through the process of being able to get her back and that's and she would call us and so we actually have had her on and off quite a bit just out of the system and in the system so it's fun to be able to you just know like she is ours for sure and she knows that we're you know that we're always going to be here no matter what what a huge huge blessing that is yeah, for her it's crazy. because to have that you know even when you grow up and you move out you always know you have your parents yeah. you know and for people that don't have that my heart just aches for them because yeah. you yeah. There's a fear in that, you know, and she doesn't have so to live true. with that. So that's such a miracle. Which, you know, people, it's just, it's, I honestly feel like the girls and the kids have done more for us than we could have ever done. Like they just, that's how I feel. It, isn't that true? Like mm -hmm. you just feel like they've changed us and we've learned so much more things that we would have never like sometimes I just think what if we would have said no what if we didn't call back and like when we did call back all the things they told us were awful we're just like no way it just kept getting worse but yeah it's miracles happen and these kids they can change if they have love and and a little direction and it's and there were times even like after years that they would, they have, I mean, Rosalie still has trigger times where she has struggles and her husband will bring her over and be like, fix this. What do we do? Okay. No, and, and we've been able to help. Like there's a lot of times he'll call and he'll be like, I don't know what the heck to do. And we're, uh, and then it's like, okay, what's going on? Okay. It was just mother's day. Yeah. This is the same time where it's mm -hmm. like, okay. And then like, if like he left her somewhere one time and like flipped a switch, it was like, almost non-return i was just like thinking oh my that she gosh. was abandoned or yeah. something again. but it's something so that like, her mom had done when she was little mm -hmm. she threw her in the shower and took off and left her so and she was running triggers. down the road naked trying to you know find her yeah. mom so there's little triggers that happen in their lives and stuff that's really cool that we've been able to be like okay you know this is going on you know this is about the same time of year maybe it's just the yeah. smells in the air i don't know what it is it's like it's so real but it's like oh is. yeah it brings it right back and i, I mean but we all do that like i smell yeah. a smell and it's yeah. like oh that just brought all these memories back when we were dating or whatever you know i mean you go through times and you see it it's just like vivid memory and it's like I can, it helps you relate to what these kids go through yep. and what you can do to help them fix and it's They're one broken. day at a time. I think that people get overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. I mean, I remember even even years after we had taken the girls into our family. And I don't even like to say that. I like to say when the jo girls joined our family that I was just like, is this ever going to be worth it? Is there ever going to be a payoff? Because I feel like there's something that comes up and then they're upset or... Um, like you're back to square one. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, is was this all worth it? But... It is like, yeah. and, and even if it's years later, like there's, there's little rewards. They, I mean, Ru Ruby just 
got in trouble and <laughs> made some silly choices. And uh, we were upset, but we decided to, you know, be calm and and try really hard, even though we wanted to scream at her, like, because she knows better, to help her want to make better choices. And, and it's crazy because she came into our bedroom and just was crying and said, thank you so much for wow. caring, you know, enough to stop me. And, and we asked her, like, what do you want? Like, you, if you continue to do this, you are going down a path that's going to take you somewhere scary and you're telling us that you want a good husband you want to be able to keep your kids you don't want your kids going into foster care you've got to break this cycle and it's going to be hard but you have to want to do it we can't do it for you it's it's so cool to like those little breakthroughs you know and and I actually love when those things happen because I feel like without them how would they know like where's Mm -hmm. the growth so Mm -hmm. She made that choice like very strong because it scared her and she she knows what she wants now. And so even though it seems like it's like the end of the world, Mm -hmm. it's like the next day. It's great. And you you grow your relationships together. And those little moments of gratitude make up for the rest of it. (laughs) And that's like parenting in general, right? right? Same thing. Yeah, and there's times for sure that I have to pray to God to love <laughs> Justin patient, as love. much as yeah. as everybody else because he I we butt heads sometimes and it yep. struggles. But honestly, as soon as I ask for God's help, it's like unconditional love is right yeah. there back. But but do, it does take some work sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I couldn't agree more. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. This has been amazing. I wanted to ask you about your YouTube channel, though, before we start. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, so we've, over the years, just had a lot of people tell us, like, they come to our home and they're like, this is, is fun. Is everybody musical? Is everybody um, talented? Not everybody. Ryan is. <laughs> Ryan's pretty good. No, they, in their own way. Yeah, they are. They are. But some like, of but them are come, more shy. They're more like Ruby's pretty shy. She's coming but out of it. But she's coming out of it. She's singing. She's saying it like pageants and stuff. Yeah. Well, she's we really can give good. it a plug she here. She is, but she's good. Let's give it a plug. <laughs> McDonald. Yeah, so what is it called? It's our YouTube is McDonald Music and Madness, and we'll it's link it. absolutely just all the crazy stuff. So <laughs> it's and we a need joy. To update it. It's been we have lots of stuff it's amazing. to update, but yeah. It's music, a lot of music, because the kids are very talented. They've worked with Nickelodeon and American Idol, and yeah, and then just the madness. We're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more madness than music. For sure. Perfect. That's, that's but we post most of the music. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for coming on, sharing your story, giving such amazing insight. What what you mentioned about just um, focusing on the future and, and not the past is truly insightful for me, and and also, I really feel like uh, you'll inspire others to come and take a look and and see where if they can, you know, join us on this incredible journey because it really is an unbelievable, or unbelievable experience being a foster parent. Twenty twenty is the year to do it. It's yeah. crazy. You know what? Yes. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? What's yeah. there to lose? Let's All try right. to change the world just a little, little bit. Can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much.